0: Well, in today's show, we're going to talk about the prospects for Iowa State's Stephanie Suarez, Virginia Tech's Elizabeth Kitley, South Carolina's Leticia Mihir, and French Post Mihay Hirsch. Welcome. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now.
1: Welcome to Wallet. For the win. You
0: are Locked on Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on
1: women's basketball.
0: basketball. My name is Hunter Cruz. I'm the Saturday host covering the NBA draft and college basketball at large. Thanks for making Locked Ons Basketball your first listen today. And, and remember, Locked Ons Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm joined by Lincoln. You can follow him at Dovianya underscore on Twitter. So today we'll kind of get into there's been a little bit of a discourse going around recently where it's, it's kind of how the draft is kind of shaking out with players withdrawing. So you're seeing Stephanie Swar's name, especially with her, her, her eligibility decision getting denied. So she's pretty much entering this draft tour ACL, her second ACL, same, same knee. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a rough thing where she's a stash option in this class um, like kind of go over your stat profile she, in 13 games, uh, 14.4 points, 30.6% from three, only 36 total attempts, 9.9 9 rebounds. Um, she's, she's averaging three blocks a game. The tough part is she is a Juco transfer. So it's kind of hard like, contextualizing, um, how much she's done in those 13 games. So Lincoln, what have you seen? Like not just besides the season, but like with her FIBA tape, that kind of gives you a little bit more optimism on her game.
1: Yeah. Uh... Um, She's shown some really interesting flashes of interior passing, both at Iowa State, uh, playing for Brazil, and playing at uh, the Masters University, which is like the tiny private Christian school in California where she played for four years as an NAIA athlete. Uh, but that, that flashes of interior passing that you don't see terribly often from big prospects are the things that interest me and think that there might be something more to unlock within her game. And like obviously, it's the the shooting and the size that are um, the things that pull people in. But I think that interior passing is the thing that's caught my eye the most in terms of what uh, could make her like a real WNBA player.
0: You'll kind of see because she's six foot six. So the the shooting, I think we we've talked about it before with her off the air. Her shooting is more of like the kind of like the idea of her being a good shooter. Uh she has good mechanics. So there's real intrigue at for her being this like pick and pop threat. She can like kind of flare off. She can kind of like do a lot of ghost screens and kind of kind of just be a versatile spacer. Um, I know you had a little bit of a comp for her, Christos Porzingis. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm like kind of at on her game, like in terms of offense.
1: Yeah. Uh and Uh, I just went and found her stats from the Masters University. She shot about one and a half threes per game her sophomore year before she tore ACL. uh, And then she shot about 35% on those looks. And then after she came back from rehabbing that first ACL tear, she shot about two attempts a game, a little more than two attempts per game, but only made 23% of them. So the shooting is largely theoretical at this point. But that uh, theoretical idea of a six-six player that can defend the rim a little bit, can move fluidly in space and is more coordinated than a lot of center prospects we see, uh, is something that's really intriguing if you can find the shot.
0: And Do you think she has like any role threat versatility? Because it's kind of hard to contextualize with an Iowa State system because I think she only has 15 pick and roll possessions this season, like a little bit over one yeah. per game. So it's kind of hard to kind of just kind of project off that small
1: sample. Yeah, sometimes I feel like when I'm watching her, I kind of forget that she's 6'6", because she doesn't necessarily have ways to um, maximize her height right now, which I think could be a, a product of playing at an NAIA level where she's 4 or 5 inches taller than everyone else on the court every single time she comes out. Uh, but I think there could be something there as a, like, a pick-and-roll threat Um especially on the short roll with those flashes of interior passing. I think that that could be something that would be interesting if she can uh, play with a guard that brings two to the ball.
0: And then kind of flipping focus to Elizabeth Kitley's offense of Virginia Tech. She averages 18.2 points. Not like the kind of shooting prospect of Suarez. She's only taken five attempts this season, 20% on those five attempts. 10.8 rebounds, uh, 2.3 blocks per game. So with Kitley, it's a little bit of a different prospect. Um, She's more of like a finesse-based player. She can't really shoot it. She's going to kind of more occupy the paint. Virginia Tech does a good job of like spacing despite having two non-shooters on the court. So it doesn't look like it's boggled down and she's kind of clogging the paint. What have you seen from her offense? And do you think there's like any like positive value she can bring to a court?
1: Yeah, uh, I think she's legitimately very good from like eight to 15 feet. Uh, And her touch in that, like, short mid-range area is among the better uh, of any college basketball player I've seen this year. Um, And that, that touch is something that some people have used, that touch. If you look at players like Brooke Lopez, who didn't shoot threes for the first 15 years of his basketball career and eventually used his touch and his skill to translate that out to shooting jump shots. I think that that's something that you can see from Liz Kitley, especially with like the talent that's obviously there within her face-up game, and how that turns into like just draining short jumpers over and over. She's one of the best like eight-foot shooters in the country this year.
0: Another thing that I think gives like Kitley a slight advantage is she's the second youngest like domestic prospect in this class. She's like twenty-one. Suarez is. By the time she's a rookie, I think she'll be there 20, to 24 years old um, when she's back next year after the injury. So there's a little bit more concern with Suarez because she's 24. She hasn't got a lot of high-level experience outside of like the FIBA in her 13 games. So there's a lot more comfort in someone like, like Killy, who she's a polished mm-hmm. post-scorer. And she's still super, super young. So there's a lot of time to kind of maximize her. Maybe some shooting. I'm not gonna bank on any any shooting development. Similar to Brook Lopez, like you said, because she hasn't shown anything really. She doesn't shoot it. Um, it's kind of just yeah. kind of the short um, turnaround jumpers, um, kind of making like post fades. But what I think is probably like the biggest concern with Kitley and Suarez is kind of their defense to me. Like in terms of Suarez, yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't think Suarez is a good defender. Um, to put it nicely, some of Her processing ability, I think it's kind of has to do with playing at such a low level, not having um, to make the typical pick-and-roll reads. Um, You'll see from some other drop bigs. So some of her reads are just kind of poor. She doesn't kind of step up. She kind of just plays too deep in drop. Um, Her foot speed, I don't think, is the greatest, moving laterally. And she doesn't get a lot of lift as well. She's not a big jumper either. So what have you seen like in terms of both players' defense?
1: Yeah, I think that I would maybe trust Suarez to be a little bit better on defense moving forward. Uh, a big part of that, I think, is just that she's still trying to get used to playing against guards who play with physicality and other players her own size. Because when she's playing at the Masters, um, I found a game that she played at the Masters University in, like, 2019. And she was, like, switching on to six guards who – couldn't beat her off the dribble and just throwing their shots into the stands and just expending no effort at all, having to defend that. And so when you get used to playing against like looking like an adult playing against children, then it's a big change to go from that to playing against other players, your own size and guards that are going to fly past you and get into your body and try to beat you with physicality. And, if she can find a way to use her height and length to her own advantage, uh, I think that that bodes well for her as a defensive prospect. But I agree that the processing isn't necessarily there. Um, and with Kitley, I, I'm not entirely sure that she has the requisite athleticism, even as someone who's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, to uh, defend WNBA post players.
0: And with those two injuries, the Suarez
1: wasn't.
0: Yeah, wasn't that before that game you you were talking about? weren't the injuries That was before the injuries. Uh, yes, before the injuries. So that's that's kind of what my problem is. There is just some of like kind of adjusting back to the injuries, and if she can kind of regain some of that athleticism that she had, because we've seen some stuff. Like I saw, um, she had a couple like fluid um, moves to the rim in transition uh, with with Brazil and at FIBA. So she mm-hmm. has – it's kind of like the idea with her game, I think we said it earlier, where she has pathways yeah. to success. If she can – like, I think to be a WNBA caliber player, she has to shoot, like, 35% from three, in my opinion. I don't think she's a good yeah. enough defender, and I don't think she's a good enough, like, post-score, and because I don't think that's, like, a really valuable play type with some someone of her skill set and her touch. So –
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And just to note that she's had, like, I think that she's absolutely a project that a WNBA team would have to take on, both in terms of rehabbing from her knee injury and, like, in terms of her uh, development as a basketball player because she has one of the most unique paths uh, in the history of the W. I went and looked it up last night. There's only been five players who played NAIA women's basketball to even sign with WNBA teams, and two of them never appeared in a game. There's never been a player who played at, w, at an NAIA school be drafted in the WNBA draft since um, Miriam Sai in 2006, and she never appeared in a game.
0: It's also rare to have a five-star recruit go and play at that low of a level. So she's a really unique yeah. case to where so, she had tons of offers, but she kind of turns it down to play for like a local school um, with family history. So after the break, we'll dive into South Carolina's Letitia Mihir, as well as French big Mie Hirsch. Nissan's most electric player of the week, brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. I know for me it's been a blast to watch Miami's Destiny Harden as she's led Miami into the first Elite Eight in program history. I think Lincoln, Lincoln can agree. She's what I would call a ball don't st- ball don't stop all-star given her fierce confidence and electric energy as a score. That 2023 Nissan Aria is for people who love to drive. Shop now at nissanusa.com. All right, so let, let's talk about some of what we've seen from Latisha me here at South Carolina. She kind of she kind of an, another unique case where She's not a starter. She plays 16 minutes a game. So she doesn't pop like off the screen in a traditional statistical standpoint. So what do you think is like, what would you give me as like the pitch for her game? And if she is like a potential first round prospect in this class?
1: Yeah, the pitch for Leticia B here is pretty simple. Um, she's four with a 6'11 wingspan and she moves like a guard and is one of the most impactful college defenders I've seen in my life.
0: And I th- I think another thing, just in terms of like her stat profile, she is one of two high major players in the senior class to have a six percent block rate, two percent, uh, no two percent steal rate, six percent block rate, and a ten percent rebound rate. The other player is Kansas's Tiana Jackson, who's a paint bound big. So she has mm-hmm. some unique movement abilities. Um, what did you see ag- against um, with Team Canada at the FIBA World Cup?
1: Yeah, uh, playing with Team Canada, she was on offense and defense playing a lot more of a traditional big role, uh, playing as a four, defending uh, fours and fives, and uh, and that gave her opportunities that very few college athletes are given because uh, most of the players who play college basketball in the United States are from the United States, so they're not given the same opportunity to make uh, the senior national team, and to play in World Cups at such a young age. So uh, for me here at age 20 or 21 to play in a World Cup and defend Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart is a, a, an opportunity that's not afforded.
0: And then in terms of her offensive impact, it's kind of tough because South Carolina – will have, like, two big lineups. They'll have, like, sometimes three non-shooters on the court. So... Sometimes you know, least, here is
1: the third tallest player on the court.
0: And, yeah, you don't see uh, many opportunities where she's kind of having, like, the space and, like, the metrics of the court are so much different at South Carolina. They, they rebound, like, 50% of their own misses. So they're just mm-hmm. – they're kind of there just clean up the glass. It's kind like of like more of a gritty style of play. So... Like, yeah, she's in the, the fourth percentile in catch-and-shoot jumpers this season, 10.5%. Her jumper is, like, a slingshot motion. and she brings it from, like, her right shoulder and kind of just, like, kind of throws mm-hmm. it up there. So, I think like, the big thing for her is to kind of add, like, any sort of jumper. If she has, like, a mid-range, like, kind of like a mid-range shot, just kind of having some other option to where... Because she's a WMA caliber defender pretty, pretty easily. You can't really comp her to many players. I know like one ceiling comp for me is Jaden McDaniels in terms of having this long athletic defender. But even in Jaden's case, he can kind of shoot a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So for me here, she's going to be an offensive negative pretty quickly if she can't provide any, any other impact besides at the rim or as a kind of a driver downhill. So do you yeah. think, do you think she's like an upside player? Do you think, like do you think there's any like safeness in her game?
1: I think that the, the upside is all coming from the offense. So if she can develop that at all, then she's very clearly a WNBA player because her defense is the thing that will like get her to the dance and hopefully be the thing that gets her on the court. And that's, Something that even you talked about with Don Staley was how versatile she is on defense. She can legitimately guard one through five, which is not something you can really say of many players. Her foot speed is absolutely ridiculous for somebody at her size, and she's big enough and strong enough to bang down low, and that is just something that you don't see very often from any player.
0: Like, I believe if she had any sort of jumper, she would be a lottery pick in this class for me. Just given her defensive value, because one thing um, Mark Schindler from WBA.com, he mentioned was her playmaking. There's some stuff there as a playmaker, but it's how can a team maximize her playmaking without like positive offensive shooting gravity? Um, Because if she has, if she has any sort of shooting gravity where she's, drawing any sort of closeout the game's going to be opened up so much more for her she's going to get so many easy opportunities so in this kind of a class she's a jump shot she's a jump shot away it's easier said than done to just say okay develop a jump shot but if she yeah. does get any sort of jump shot it's pretty scary for me
1: yeah and depending on the situation if she ends up in a place like washington where she can play alongside Elena Deladon or Shakira Austin, these bigs that can stretch it out a little bit more. The floor will be so much more opened up because playing a four out one in with the with Amir as the one in is a much different situation for her offensively as she's in it at South Carolina right now.
0: And somewhere like Seattle could be interesting too, as we see as he continue to expand her game out. Whew, yeah. that, that team would have so much defensive versatility. They, they could, they could yeah. legitimately switch one through five um, yeah. with those two at, at the four and the five. So after the break, we'll dive into French big Mihe Hirsch. She is really interesting prospect in this class, youngest player in the class, and someone that isn't really getting talked about a lot in draft discussions. Okay. So let's get into um, Mia Hurst's game. She's a six foot five post. She plays alongside Kennedy Burke um, in France. Um, so, in, in France, it's a little bit of a different situation where we don't really know if she's a prospect that would consider coming over just because of some of the prioritization rules. But I kind of want to evaluate her as assuming she's a WNBA caliber prospect and she wants to come over because in this class, She's pretty easily a first round pick for me she she was eighteen years old to start her season this season uh super super young and she has so much versatility in terms of her, in terms of her defense um so what have you seen from her um maybe recently and just some some of the stuff you've seen from her as a prospect?
1: yeah she's another player who's pretty raw offensively but has like top-tier movement skills, coordination, fluidity for a player who's 6'4", bigger. And she's she's a really interesting defensive prospect who's coverage versatile, which is not something you can say of all the bigs we've talked about today, and uh, has shown some flashes on offense. Uh, but because of the way prioritization works and because of the absurdly high bar to clear for Draft and stash prospects, as we saw last year with Sika and Jade Melbourne, it's it's hard for me to see her being drafted where her talent would dictate her being drafted.
0: Yeah, like there was, there was only four French players to suit up last season. Um, Eliana Repair, who's another French player, she was a draft and stash from France. Um, she did come over late, so she's going to come over late in her first two WBA seasons, so That's kind of like the most recent example. So there's there's definitely some intrigue that she might come over. And she's so young that if she doesn't come over for one to two years, you're still probably fine, considering that she's so young. She's so unpolished on offense. But kind of sticking with her defense and some of her ball screen versatility, you'll see it where they'll allow her to kind of like blitz hedge – there's been a couple of plays where she will like kind of make a um make a play and drop, kind of ice the defense towards the baseline with her movement abilities, low center of gravity. I've also seen some good like drop defense as well where she can kind of like backpedal well, uh position herself for blocks. What have you seen like in terms of any any sort of like player comp like in terms of defense um recently?
1: Yeah, uh, I think there could be something even like Shakira Austin there where uh, you have this big with size with uh, positional versatility a little bit and just fluidity, coordination, and defensive instincts, which is just a really rare combo for somebody at 6'4", 6'5". And I think that Shakira Austin is kind of like where I feel like her ceiling could be. And
0: then on offense, her role is sort of simplistic as like a 19 year old playing with former WNBA players, late twenties, 30 year olds that are professionals. So she kind of does like the simple stuff. She's a screen and roll big. She's really on the short role though. I think she's got good touch on floaters runners. Do you think there's any sort of upside for her to shoot? Cause I believe she's like a late twenties to early thirties shooter this season low volume considering she plays like 15, 14 minutes per game. What have you seen in terms of that? She's, uh,
1: she's shooting about one attempt a game uh, and making about 30, 31% of them, I think. Um, But I don't know how real that shooting is. It's a slow load up. It's kind of um, the one that's in my head. She catches the ball about two feet behind the three point line and walks into a wide open three with no one, even close to contesting the shot. So if, I mean, even taking that shot is something that will be useful to create space uh, against, like, lower defenses. And if she's willing to shoot that to maybe three times a game, then even at a 32 33% clip, that's drawing the defense out and uh, creating opportunities for her to drive or to find teammates.
0: So I think the shooting is like an added plus. So if we're kind of like comparing these three prospects, Suarez needs to shoot. Kitley doesn't she, – she really k- kind of needs to shoot considering the defense and kind of develop that part of her game. But in Hirsch's case, I don't think she really needs a jump shot considering her defense is so versatile. In, in that case, do you think like Hirsch is like a better draft and stash option considering she has more of like a well-rounded defensive profile, um, kind of has a more bankable skill set?
1: Yeah, I think Hirsch definitely brings some value uh, on both ends of the floor, which is not something you can say a lo- about a lot of 19-year-old bigs. Uh, most of them can either play offense or defense, and um, it looks like she's in a good developmental situation for her at uh, or however you pronounce that French word. But um, I think that if... Her game continues at this logical progression she could end up being a very good one of the best bigs in the world in five to six years. You never know what exactly is going to happen with someone's developmental path, but that is a a high end outcome for sure, but not out of the question entirely
0: and so on your board, where you add on these four prospects like kind of like in terms of like the tier ranking like where you are on them
1: yeah if I was gonna tier these four prospects specifically I think that I would have Suarez and here, like a tier above the other two uh and that's not because of uh Hersh's talent or um it's just the situation and like what we know about um the WNBA and draft and stash players but I I I think I would lean Suarez over Amit here right now just because of the offense. But that would still be in the, like, 12 to 15 range for me. Um, and then I would have Kitley uh, probably a bit lower than Hirsch as well just because of the defensive limitations. So I would go Suarez one, Amit here two. Hirsch three and Kitley four for this group.
0: Yeah, so for me, I'm highest on Hirsch. I have her in like the nine to twelve range in this class. Um, me here is kind of similar. I have her a little bit lower in like the ten to fifteen range, somewhere within there. And then I'm lower on Kitley. I have her like sixteen to twenty. And then same with um, Suarez. I've, I have her in a similar range. Um, I just I think. I like I, I like upside more than what I think these players can provide. Like in the best case, Suarez could be a stretch big. She could be a really impactful player, but she hasn't shown me a lot that I kind of believe in that um, as a kind of like a real outcome. It's kind of theoretical, as you've said. And then with Kitley, I just I don't think her skill set like some of her some of like you've seen the toughness questions. I don't think that's really fair. But she's not like the biggest. Uh, center in the world. She's kind of like, i kind of more on of the thinner side, similar to Suarez, but um, she just doesn't have like a really fill it out frame yet. So I think those players have a little bit longer way to go. Um, but I think all four players have a WNBA future if the cards are right. And as we've discussed many times with the draft, it's all situational. If a player is oh, in the I best development, if if a player is in the best developmental context, they they can succeed in the league, assuming they have the worth ethic they have. Um and they're not overvalued in the draft. And this is kind of like a good a good context and situation for them. Um in Suarez's case, you've seen her kind of like projected to Atlanta as a draft and stash option. That's interesting. Um here, like you said earlier, if she's in somewhere like Washington, that's a good place for her. Cause they are they are notorious for developing shooters a little bit more.
1: Washington's and a of, good place for anyone to go. Honestly, yeah, then if it, you're asking me, I think Washington's just a fantastic organization.
0: And yeah, with Washington, they've done they've done a lot of good things with Shakira Austin. That gives me a lot of promise on future prospects because they're usually a team that's built on having veteran talent, but they they can mix in yeah. rookies, and that's something that I, I really enjoyed of uh, this season seeing seeing Shakira emerge as one of the league's best defenders. So Absolutely. thanks for making Locked someone's basketball, your first listen today. And I'll make your second listen game to game NBA, every moment, every top performance, every result locked on game to game covers every game across the NBA, with local analysis that only locked on can deliver fall game to game on locked on NBA available in the odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Next Saturday, we will talk about a couple more of the international prospects in this class. There's, um, there's some other intrigues, a player in Australia, um, She'll be over in America for the Hoop Summit, which is fun to have. The first year of that, Juju Watkins, a lot of other talented incoming high sc- incoming college freshmen um, that we will discuss soon. So, bye.